This week on Sportsmanlike Conduct, we will be talking about the Detroit Lions and the new possible coaching hire. A source told ESPN this weekend that they could be getting someone from the New England Patriots. We'll bring up his name later and talk more about that. We'll also talk about the game that happened in East Lansing this past weekend between Michigan and Michigan State, an unexpected ending there with Michigan getting the upset over the Spartans. Then we will go into the NFL playoffs, getting down to close to Super Bowl time, one really surprise team against another team that has been there all the time, and a couple of surprise teams in the NFC North compared to where they were at the beginning of the season. We'll talk about that. And then we'll also talk about the Warriors and Cavs game last night. Went down to the wire. Um, and another good one. Is it going to be the finals again this year? Or will it be two other teams or possibly one other team? All that and more on Sports Online Conduct coming up next. And welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald. I'll be your host. And to my right is Evan Petzold. Evan, how are we doing here on this Tuesday afternoon at Moore Hall? Moore Hall, Tuesday afternoon. What's better? <laughs> I mean, come on. Really nothing no, nothing better to me on a Tuesday at all. But Elena, how are we doing? You're back. I'm happy to be back. I'm doing well. For sure. All right. Well, we got a lot of sports to uh, get into here today, um, per usual. And I think the one that we want to start with here is we, we've been starting the Lions. And honestly, I kind of expected the go away from the Lions topic this week, but now that they're saying that there actually is a chance they could be getting Matt Patricia as their new head coach, um, Adam Schefter tweeted out this week, uh, or this past weekend, that it was a possibility, and uh, league source told ESPN that it's likely that he's going to get the job. Um, that's got to kind of be weird for the Patriots right now, I guess, just kind of playing with them, you know, still on, on your sideline, you're kind of like, are you going to, like, leave us? I, I don't know if you would just, like, ask him as a teammate, but nevertheless, it's kind of an interesting thing, because, you know, I, I kind of said a week ago that I really wouldn't want the Lions to just go out and get a coordinator. Um, to put him on their bench, but I think a guy that has a defensive mind like that, the Lions kind of need, and somebody that is off of the Patriots staff, period, that has done plenty of playoff winning, I don't think it's a bad decision if they do end up getting him, and I just kind of want to know how you guys feel about him more right now. Well, I like I like it. You know, If they do end up uh, pursuing him, getting him, and, and finalizing everything once that happens, I, I think that's that's nice, and I think looking at Patricia you know, coming in, it, it seemed like it was going to be the Giants. They were very interested in him, but he turned down the Giants to, to come to the Lions. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that says a lot when you look at a, you know, the, a New York Giants. That, that's a team that people talk about. I mean, yeah, they're, they haven't they, they weren't good, but yeah. it's still one of those big-name teams. And I think that says a lot that he would turn down a job like that to come to the state of Michigan and, and coach the Lions. It also means that the, he sees a lot in the Lions, too. I think they have a lot of offensive pieces already, already ready to go, and he's kind of coming in, like you said, with that defensive mind and – almost just trying to make all the pieces fit together because all the pieces are there, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the order is, or the problem is, is that they just haven't been able to get them in the right spots and haven't been able to really create the puzzle that they need to create. So I think he's the guy that's going to put the pieces together, and, and he definitely does have the assets that it takes, whereas with the Giants, they're kind of uh, a little bit more of a mystery going forward. That's what I think what you said about how right now he sees the Lions as that kind of a team that can win right now or be a team that's closer to that right now. I think the Giants are pretty far away from it right now. Yeah. Even with OBJ coming back next year and you have a season like that, obviously they lost a lot of their receivers and everything, but I think that right now the Lions are an overall better complete team. Elena, how are you feeling about it? I uh, feel pretty good about it. I think it's a good idea because uh, obviously he's going to be coming in with a winning mentality, a team that's used to winning, and... He'll also have picked up tips from Bill Belichick, obviously, on how he runs his team and everything, and I think that'll be good for the franchise. And also having Bob Quinn uh, work for the Patriots mm-hmm. as well, they kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, I guess, and they'll have the same mentality, hopefully. That's a very good point, and that's probably like you know the biggest reason why he would get the phone call to come over here right away, and obviously he sees something that he likes in him. 
I think, like I said last week, from the you know when we were talking about Jim Caldwell getting you know canned, it's kind of like I think from the beginning he never really thought that he was going to stick with Jim Caldwell, mm-hmm. and I think he had something like this kind of obviously the entire time. Now whether it was Matt Patricia that he's going to get the entire time, I don't know. But I do think that this is going to be a good hire regardless. You're talking about a guy that has seen a lot of NFL wins one way or another. And every year, the Patriots aren't always the best defense, but it seems like as the season goes along, they always become a better defense. What they just did this past weekend was, I mean, absolutely another great defensive performance in the playoffs. It's the kind of stuff that they do um, when they get this far. So I think that bringing a guy in like that could kind of straighten out a defense that, you know, has been very inconsistent for the Lions. And even with not the best pieces, he's shown that he can make good defenses out of it. Yeah, and with the Patriots, I mean, looking back to when he started in 2004, offensive assistant, and then he was an assistant offensive line coach, and then he kind of went to defense and did the linebackers and the safeties before becoming the defensive coordinator. But the fact that he knows how to work with the offensive line and the offensive players, I think that this says a lot to me too, is because he he's going to be able to pick up on on both things. He's not just going to be defensive-minded um, all the time. Maybe that's his expertise, but... When things are going wrong on the offensive end, he's going to be able to point them out, especially on that offensive line that we saw really struggle this last yeah, year. Yeah, no, exactly, and they haven't been able to figure that out, like, period. But um, I guess if this hire actually um, does happen, do you got, how long do you think they would sign him for initially? Do you think this is the kind of guy they commit on, like, right out the gate no matter what? Do you give him a one-year deal? I guess more of your opinion, what do you think that they should do? I mean, I, I it's tough to say, um, but – Mainly because it's it's the Lions and it's very hard to break the Lions as we all know. Yep. But um. But no, I mean, if I had to <laughs> if I had to give give this guy something, I mean, I'd I don't know maybe maybe three years. I'd give him I'd give him a three year contract. See what he can do in three years, and then and then go from there. I think I don't think I don't think that's too much, Elena. No, three years is good. You don't want to sign him for too long, but you don't want to uh, act like you're not you don't have faith in him and sign him for one year. So for sure, I think I think a, a two to three year anywhere in that country. You don't want to just do a year because then that's right away kind of telling them like mm-hmm. you don't get the job done. See you later. You're literally I, you're literally already on the hot seat. Like, yeah. from day one, like, you don't even get a chance. <laughs> you don't ever feel good coming into a job like that. And plus, yeah. with the way the Lions franchise has been overall, it's already pretty hard to get anybody to come in that's decent to coach. So really, you're gonna have to give them something that's gonna like tell them like, okay, we believe in you. We think you can change the system. I think it says a lot about him because, like he said, I mean, a franchise like the Giants just has more success than their past. So. When you come somewhere like Detroit and you want to start coaching there, it's it's kind of got to say a lot about the kind of guy you are and how much he believes that he can really turn it around. Um, but I think something like that would be a good idea for them. I think also just because of the fact of what you said also, Evan, the fact that their offense is kind of like already there. Yeah, well, I mean, well, here, here's the thing with, with Caldwell, like I said, you know, in our, in our last episode here is you know, he was there to, to bridge the gap and he did that. He, 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 he bridged that gap and now it's time for somebody else to take over. But the real question is, like, is Patricia going to be able to take them to the promised land, which is ultimately a Super Bowl? Um, yeah. Not in the first year. So you got to give him more no, than more than one. Not. That's my thing. But, but yeah, I think it's nice that he already has his pieces kind of set in stone, and he can he can go from there and work with what he's got as far as free agencies and trades and drafts and, and that kind of stuff goes. I think this Lions team wasn't that far off from being a playoff team this year. So I think if you know they can get a coach that can put him over the hump and do that. I think that this team next year that he will have is definitely very capable of making a play. It was just bad coaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, for sure. There was a lot of decisions. It was just bad coaching. At the end of the season that was not good. There was a lot of just the non-aggressive play calling from Caldwell consistently was his biggest downfall. I don't think he was a terrible coach, but I do think at times he was not aggressive enough, and that's why they lost some games. But I think with a guy like Patricia coming in, I think he should be able to make the playoffs in his first season. But what I want to see more than anything else is – the next year, I want to see you make progress and actually do something with it. Mm-hmm. If they go to the playoffs this year and they lose, fine. But then the next season, I want to see a playoff win. That's that's what the problem is. The Lions stuck in mediocrity and they don't ever advance past like a certain point. And that certain point is 
get to the playoffs and lose. That's the furthest they've gone so far. It's like their ceiling right now. Need to change that and make things happen in the future. So, yeah, I think I, mean, overall, no, I, mean, I think I think you're right though. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, you got you got to get them there first, and then see where you can go after. I think overall it'd be a good decision. I don't. I wouldn't have any problem with it. Do you guys object? Nope. No. <laughs> okay. Well, then it's approved by I'm the Enforcement Light Conduct cast. So, we're on the trail for that. Um, I guess we'll move into we will go into college hoops next because man, I just got to talk about it because that was probably <laughs> that was hands down the most fun I've ever had covering a college basketball game. I've never been in an atmosphere like that. I've never seen anything like that. Um, actually, at the Breslin, they kind of set it up like they don't actually have like the press seats for you because it's so old. So they just put out like tables and stuff. Because I applied for my credentials so late. I was given, like, standing room only, but that was, like, up top. So I was like, screw that. I'm not going to go up there the whole time. So I stayed, like, floor level, and I watched that, like, pretty much the whole game to, like, the last 10 minutes when some guy finally grabbed me and was like, if you're not shooting a camera, you got to go up to where the rest of them are. And I was like, like, dang it, I thought I had it all the way through. But um, just watching it, like, that close, it happened that close, that rivalry is so intense. And I think it says a lot about this Michigan team right now with the way that Every time Michigan State would get a big play. I mean, they posterized Michigan time and time again. They made a, a, a huge a huge dunk, huge whatever, big shots. That crowd would get so fired up, and they bring it down, and then the next possession, Michigan would just get a bucket, whether it was Simpson, whether it was Wagner, Matthews, whoever it was that was making a play. Someone was doing it for Michigan down, and obviously Wagner was the guy that kind of took over at the end of the game. What, what can you say about Michigan right now? And, I mean, obviously they beat Maryland last night, so there's another game that's happened since then, too. Mm-hmm. And they got away with one there. Because, I mean, I'll give them the short rest excuse last night. I think that that's the reason that that game, they kind of started as slow Simpson's as they did. got to make those free throws, though. Oh, that, that's ridiculous, the end of the game. I mean, th- it's all in his head now. He's at, shooting, at like, 52% point. this season yeah, from the line. That's not that's acceptable awful. from your point guard at all. Not at all. But I guess, you know, what is what is this really? I mean, John Beeline's 8-7 and seven against Tom Izzo now. He's had the latest like deepest tournament run. He's got the latest Big Ten tournament championship, the latest Big Ten or championship in the regular season. I mean, all this stuff belongs to him, and Izzo's got ten times better recruits. So I, I just want to know right now, like, you know, how much does this really shift this rivalry to win on the road like that, especially when it's the only meeting of the year? Well, it was huge. I mean, you look at a guy like Mo Wagner, and and then you look at, look at his matchups with Nick Ward and Xavier Tillman, and you, they just couldn't handle Wagner at all. They, they couldn't. They could not hang with him. Uh, Xavier Simpson outplayed Cassius Winston, in my opinion. Simpson turned the ball over mm-hmm. um, absolutely zero times. Mar didn't turn it over either. That's Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman, and it was it was a game where you were just like, wow, this is a this is a team that can actually do something this year. When you kind of thought this was going to be, you know, like I was saying with the Lions, kind of like a bridge year to kind of kind of you know get over the hump and get your get your younger guys ready to go, so. but. Then you look at Jordan Poole and Isaiah Livers, and they're playing like they're they're juniors on this team. Yeah, it's it it, it absolutely blows my mind. And, and a question for both of you that I have: I mean, you talk about the whole Beeline and, and Izzo thing. Who's really the better coach? Beeline. <laughs> it's tough to say. You might that, be biased. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's tough to say. At the end of the day, I think when you go historically, I'd still say Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. But when it comes, ever since John Beeline's been there, man, it's it's been an even it's been an even rivalry, and the teams have been just about even. I mean, no team is really. I mean. Yeah, sure, he's got the national championship, whatever, but Michigan's been there, too. They've had more tournament runs than Michigan State, so you can go back and forth and argue it all day. But I definitely think that John Beeline has outcoached him more times in mm-hmm. his career than he's out. Because a lot of the losses that Michigan's had, I think it's just because they didn't have enough talent. Every, the fact that he even has a winning record against some of the teams that Tom Izzo's had out there on the floor, I mean, it just says a lot to me about the kind of guy he is, the plays that he can draw up, the way that he does it, the isolations he ran constantly during this game that Michigan State could not catch up to. I mean, that's all coaching. And to me, the, the excuse that, you know, Izzo said after the game 
for uh, Wagner, he said, and not putting Jackson on him, was that he was scared to give him foul trouble because Jaron Jackson's gotten in plenty of foul trouble this season. Even if you don't do it till the last ten minutes, you got to change something up when Nick Ward is literally just getting you know put on his ass every every time that mm-hmm. he's on the on the on defense against him. You got to get someone else out there to guard him, and I don't think that he made that adjustment all game, and that's on Tom Izzo. And Beeline just stuck to what he had going all game, even when things got tough, even when they made shots, State made runs. Never went away from it and just stuck to his game plan the entire time, and Michigan won the game. With with me and my thought on on the question that I asked was, I mean, my, my thought really is, the whole point of coaching is to develop players, right? Mm-hmm. And who develops players better? That that I mean, because and that's kind of where I say, you know, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give John Beeline the upper oh, hand yeah. there as far as developing that. players because that is the entire point of coaching. Look at Michigan State's sure. team right now, dude. That is, a, that is a team that has not developed, in my opinion, enough mm-hmm. from where they were a year ago, for how much talent they have. Everybody knows Michigan State's identity. They're a talented team, but they just, to me, that's another game. That's another, You cannot lose that game to Michigan on your home floor. That is not acceptable, especially you have that much talent. I did not expect Michigan to win this game by any means, and they did. So, it's just kind of it's kind of something right now where I think what you just said about him not developing talent quick enough, it's kind of a problem. Yeah, and I mean, in Michigan... I mean, coming in at the rankings, it's at 23. Um, you know, you lose to to Purdue by one, and then you beat Michigan State, both really good teams. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, you know, Michigan was kind of snubbed there with the the number 23 ranking, or? I think it's fine right now. I think it's fine where they're at right now. I think, I think it's fine, too. They didn't really have any outstanding wins before that, so. Yeah. No, Michigan, I mean, the, the wins they had against Texas and UCLA are two, like, bubble teams right now. So, really, the one over Michigan State was, like, their first big win of the year. Mm-hmm. If they would have beat Purdue, then yes, they should have been a team that easily is in the top 15 right away. It should have been the biggest shoot-up in the AP poll of the season. But the fact that they still lost the game to Purdue, you can't. I don't think you can really just like... I, I was actually, in a way, I almost thought they still wouldn't get ranked just because of it. Yeah. I, I, be, I mean, I, I thought they'd get enough votes because that's a huge win. It's over a number four team, and obviously the loss to Purdue, they were right there to win it, too. But Michigan, you know, a, bu- a bunch of Michigan fans are making excuses for... The foul calls, everything in the game, I don't think that it is that way. I think that Michigan executed very bad down the stretch. I think that Charles Matthews went way too early to the hole. I mean, I know that there's no way that ball should have been called out of bounds off him because how was that indisputable? Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything that clearly showed that, that ball went off Matthews after they called it off of um, the Purdue player. And then on the, the next drive, I mean, the end of the game like that, that was a pretty weak call on Wagner. But it was it was kind of a foul. So, I don't know. I, I think that Michigan. I think that Michigan executed bad, and also Simpson. He fouled too early when they had a foul to give. He gave him five seconds to still inbound the ball. Mm-hmm. So th- th- those are a couple of plays that Michigan didn't do well executing on the stretch. But I definitely think the twenty three ranking is about where they should be right now. Well, I'm really excited to see Michigan play Purdue again on Purdue's floor this time on January twenty fifth. Yeah. That's going to be a game that that I'm definitely going to be tuning into. It's going to be a it's going to be a good one. So what? I guess right now what I want to ask for uh, Michigan State fans out there is what what's the concern with Michigan State? Does this team get over these little couple of bumps that they've had here down the road, or do they do they, they keep struggling with where they're at right now? Because right now you're looking at two games where they lost to Ohio State and Michigan, and in between they went to overtime with Rutgers. I think they're definitely lacking toughness. I, it just doesn't seem like they really want it bad enough. And, I mean, they have a lot of talent. Like, like you guys were saying, they – had some impressive dunks, impressive plays, shots, and stuff uh, against Michigan. But I mean, that's not going to win you games if you can dunk super cool. Exactly. Super awesome. that's, like, <laughs> that's pretty much all they seem to care about right now is being flashy. I guess. That's ex- that's exactly. It. I, I think that is very true. I think when you watch them during that game, they made a lot of big plays. And I think Miles Bridges is the biggest one that you point the finger at. You got an All-American guy that's up there at the top of the key, and he was all over it in the first half. He, he drove he drove the hole. He made Michigan look bad. He, 
He hit a bunch of reverse layups, had a really good dunk. Made all his plays in the first half, but when it came down to it again, and he's done it before, and it's been the biggest criticism against him, at the end of the game, it's not... And Now, granted, this is... I think it's partially a coaching issue again because I don't think that Tom Izzo gives the guy enough chances to do it. I think he tries to stick to the team offense sometimes. When you have a guy like Miles Bridges, you got to let him loose, in my opinion. you got to try to get him to the hole more and get more buckets, and I don't think they've been doing that enough with him. Yeah, I agree. I don't really know what goes on inside the locker room, but I don't know if there's a... I don't know if it's a character thing. I don't know if it's a, you know an ego situation. I don't know what it is, but... They have a lot um, of really talented they got a, players yeah, in that They team. have a lot of really <laughs> talented players, and they're not producing, and that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they do at, at times, and I think that Michigan State got really comfortable with just outscoring teams. Mm-hmm. I think that they, you know, put up, what, 100 points in four straight games or whatever it was there for a while. They won, what, 14 straight games, I think it was. That gets you in a comfort zone that you might start to, like, feel like, okay, you know, we can just blow past these teams and do it. They went away from their good defense that they had against teams like North Carolina where they held them to 40-some points. North Carolina, that team should never be held to 40-some points. And they did the same thing in Notre Dame where they held them to, like, 60-something. They had those games where they used their defense and they played very well. They haven't been doing that here now in these last couple games of the Big Ten to start the, well, it's the second part of this uh, Big Ten season kind of. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, looking at Michigan State, though, along with having those great players, you have historically one of the best coaches you know, in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. You do. And, and Tom Izzo is a, is a very good coach. So there has to be, um, he's got to say something. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. No, I, I, I and I, and I, and I, and I don't really see a leader on this Michigan State team either. I don't. I, who's their leader? That's the really. That's that's the biggest problem right now. It's supposed to be guys like Miles Bridges or maybe Cassius Winston or somebody that can take over. But they're playing. They're vocal. They yell a lot. Mm-hmm. I heard it. <laughs> I was right there. But they don't. It, it's just like when they got down on themselves. It kind of felt like they were the ones that were like that. That's the thing I, I was the most impressed about with Michigan is every time that State would get those shots and the crowd would get loud. They just did it in their faces. I've never, I've never seen a team under John Beeline like this that is this young and this inexperienced that it's just so cool, calm, and collected. Like they, like what Matthew said after the game is that you know a lot of people might not give us the chance to win these games, but we believe that we could win these games. We knew we had enough talent to win these games. We expect ourselves to win these kind of games. That's the way that they play when they're out there on the floor. I feel like they played that all the way through. And I mean, even through the foul trouble they had in the first half, there was a lot of bad calls on Michigan in the first half of that game. They still fought through it and made that a three-point game at halftime. They were shooting, what, I think it was like 25% at one point in the first half, and they were winning the game. Michigan State was like 50-something. It was forcing turnovers. They had 27 points, or 26 points, off of 18 turnovers. That's just something you can't do on your own home floor. You can't give that many free points away to any team. You know, everyone wants to say, is this just a game where, you know, Michigan has kind of, like, got away with it and got a win? I don't think so. I think that Michigan played I think Michigan could play this team tomorrow, and it'd be the same kind of game. I don't know. I don't necessarily think they just, you know, automatically win, I'm just saying that Michigan can keep up with that team anytime that they play them because Michigan is a good enough team to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I think as far as like squeaking out a win goes, I mean, in, in that sort of sense, squeaking out a win means you shoot worse. Yeah, yeah you don't, you get out rebounded. Um, you know, you know the foul foul situation, you know, free throw percentage, all that kind of stuff are all in their team's favor, but you still win by one or two. That that's not how it was at all. Michigan, Michigan dominated that second half. I agree with it all the way. I, I, I mean. Right now, I think Michigan looks like the better team in the state, and I think the Michigan State's got a lot of things to figure out. So we'll see where it goes from there. Obviously, last night was not the not the best thing for Michigan with the way they that's ended that game. That's a squeak out win. Yeah, they got, they got very lucky. And that, that's why I think the, the number 23 ranking is still pretty good for where they're at because they're still not completely there. But I can tell you one thing is with what, the way Mo Wagner's playing right now, watch out because that guy's in March form and it's only January. So it's, it's going to be tough to stop a guy like that when you have the rest of the team coming together like it is. 
Michigan's looking like a good team with a, with a pool coming off the bench and Livers moving in the starting role he is. I think that they're looking pretty good right now, and I think that they could uh, really push it down the year here. But we'll go back into football now um, on the NFL side. We'll talk about the teams that you know actually make the playoffs, unlike the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a pretty uh, pretty interesting weekend last weekend, and I think the obviously the most shocking win so far of the playoffs has to go to Jacksonville. Whether they were a three seed or not, the fact that they went down to Pittsburgh and beat them on their home turf. I think says a lot. They're going to play the Patriots now to play for a chance at the Super Bowl. I, I can't believe I'm even saying that, the Jacksonville's had a chance to play for the Super Bowl right now. <laughs> and then it's the one and two seeds, but did anybody really expect Minnesota and Philadelphia to be the top two seeds playing for a chance at the Super Bowl? No way. Yeah. Coming in the season? I don't think <laughs> no. so. I don't, think, I don't think there's one person that would have guessed that coming in the year. And it, it, it's kind of sad because, you know, without Carson Wentz, I think that this game's kind of ruined. Uh, I think that you're going to have a team like Minnesota and that defense just kind of eat up Nick Foles, so it's yeah. going to be pretty tough. I think that the clearly the best two teams that would play in the Super Bowl would be Minnesota and New England. But is there is there any any chance that these other teams are going to win this weekend? First thing I want to do is I want to give credit to Jacksonville because I mean you, you take a, a 45-42 win over the Steelers, and I was watching the game, and I kind of just kept thinking like, when are the Steelers going to turn it on? Like, when is it going to happen? And the game kind of just kept rolling on. Oh my gosh, dude! I and I was that. like, when is when is a change going to be made? When is something going to happen? And I mean, Ben Roethlisberger still goes out there and he throws for over 450 oh, yeah. yards, still a good game. five touchdowns, only throws one interception. <clears throat> but the turnover, man, the pick six, yeah. that was the biggest thing. I and mean, that, that was that was pretty much it. Yeah, if he, and, they win by three, so if they if he doesn't have that pick six, they probably end up losing the game. And I was just wondering when when would the Steelers turn things around? When would they take control of the game like everybody expected them to? And it just never happened. No, it was insane, and that that blew my mind. And that's why, like, there's just this thing in the back of my head that's like, you know what, maybe. Maybe they could be the Patriots. I mean, maybe. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to no. happen. I'm definitely picking the <laughs> Patriots. But I'm just saying, they'd be a team like the Steelers that I never would have guessed they would have beat. How many times out of 10 would you pick Jacksonville <laughs> over New England? Because, I mean, I would probably pick them two times out of 10. Yeah, that's probably about right. Okay, I, yeah. th- I, I think, think the I most, I, I maybe like once. I don't know. I, I really don't think that they're a, as good of a team. Neither it's do hard I. for me to say it because... They're just not. You don't ever see their name in the playoffs. They're not a playoff team to me. So you don't even hear. Like, you don't even hear them like during the regular <clears throat> season. Nobody wants to put the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or, or whatever. Nobody wants to because yeah. they're just the Jaguars. And that's well, this was kind them. of the year of the rookie and surprise teams. Like really, all the way around the league. And yeah. When, when you look at, it, I mean, the Saints were definitely a surprise team. Um, and obviously they had that game yeah. wrapped up <laughs> until uh, until like the craziest play and and football has ever happened i don't know that was insane man i could not believe that that definitely is up there um with some of the i i, I was arguing with my friends kind of this weekend at the the randy moss play against green bay mm. you know where he kind of act like he pulled his pants down with the crowd and everything <laughs> if that play was better or if what stefan Diggs was did was better i think what Diggs did was better i think that, that it, was absolutely it was crazy and to keep the balance and to be able to know that like like he looked up and then he's like i gotta run like get to the end zone like <laughs> Be able to think all that that quickly just after he's definitely expecting to get hit from behind to get knocked down. Mm-hmm. It's, Un- it's unreal. It's, it's crazy for me going to that Saints Vikings game, <clears throat> just looking at Drew Brees the way that he turned it on in the in the second half and the way that he played and the big throws that he made. And you know, you were kind of looking to you know to get there again, you know, to get mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl again. And that's kind of part of his legacy. He's getting old. He's he's thirty nine. I mean, he's he's getting up there. And it's one of those games where. I mean, Diggs took away part of his legacy with the big play right there. It was it, it was crazy. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I think that <laughs> just, like I said, the awareness to be able to stay in bounds because he's got to be thinking to myself, like, I'm going to get hit, but I'm trying to get out of bounds. So, like, when he when he 
realized that no one was there, the fact that he was able to keep his balance, shift it back, and go and bounce around for time. Because before the play starts, you know he's thinking, all right, catch it and get out. Yeah, exactly. Get, get uh-huh. a field goal. Get a chance at a field goal. That's what he's got to be thinking. So the fact that he did that and just scored the touchdown to win the game right there is outstanding. But I guess, uh, you know, either way to me, it's pretty cool because, like, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Jacksonville, those are three teams you never see here anyways. So I think it'll be yeah. kind of cool to see who wins. Um, to those games, what team has the best shot of being the Patriots right now? Because I think, it, I mean, obviously it's Tom Brady. Everyone knows this guy can win a Super Bowl. So who has the best shot uh, on the board? Probably the uh, – see, I'm going to pick the Eagles over the Vikings. Why is but that? I just think, I mean, uh, they've been playing great defensively, and they have really taken on the underdog role, I think. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have. And so, and, I mean, Foles, he – Played well under pressure against the Falcons in the second half, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think they can pull out a win. The so. fact that they were called an underdog at home. That yeah, was exactly. Funny so out. I mean, and did you see who who put the? I, for, I forget what his name was. I can't too, remember, but, that was but he with that dog, dog hat on. on yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I just think that they they've taken it on well, and I mean, I, don't, I think they're gonna pull up the pull out that upset if you want to call it that. I think that's definitely the better of the two games. I, I think it definitely would be considered an upset at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just because Carson Wentz isn't yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's that's what makes it so hard to believe in this team now. Yeah, for me, I gotta go with the Vikings. Um, you know, instead of the Eagles, I just think the Vikings overall are uh, are a better defensive team. I do too. I think that their defense is really just too good. And I think Case Keenum <laughs> just the way that he's been you able know, to play Case Keenum, is just man. it's unreal. And it's not. It's not even it, okay. So the thing with Case Keenum is, he doesn't. He doesn't like blow your mind with stats. He's not here throwing for 500 yards or doing doing anything crazy like that. He's not throwing for five touchdowns, but yeah. he he's just getting the job done. And I think he's really leading the offense. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you got to do as a quarterback. And a lot of good quarterbacks sometimes can't do that. And that's why you know, they're they're not as good. Yeah. But but Case Keenum, man, he he leads that offense like none other. All those guys, they are all in with Case Keenum. It. He fits it's the impressive. system. That he does. Made, I think that the Vikings coaching staff deserves the most credit because I think that they molded a system around him this year to be able to like fit how he plays. And mm-hmm. I think it's just made him a lot better. Like once they realize Sam Radford's done and they're probably not going to get Teddy Bridgewater back, you know, they're thinking that earlier in the year. That's I think it's I think it says it speaks volumes to how much they were able to adjust and make it so that way they can be this good. And without Delvin Cook, I mean, he goes down in the season too. Mm-hmm. So you got two new running backs. Just the way they were, I mean, not new, but two running backs that weren't expected to play as much as they had to. The fact they're able to change it up and be where they're at right now to where they're probably the favorite to go to the Super Bowl, is, it's pretty insane. To Next me. man up. That's that's yeah, how they've done it, it all season. That is definitely That would definitely be the nickname for their team. <laughs> I mean, next man up. That kind of fits it, like, all the way through. And even the receiver. I mean, even, like, Thielen and all those guys. Those are Where did Thielen come? He's exactly. the most underrated player in all sports right <laughs> yeah, now, I exactly. swear. That he's guy like, is so underrated. He's, he, he just reminds me of one of those guys that is just he's so good at getting yards with the catch. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what's so impressive about him. But um, I, I definitely think for my Super Bowl, I would definitely pick the, the Patriots against the Saints. Or not, not the Saints. The um, Vikings. Those are definitely the two teams that I would pick. But. You guys, what are, what are you guys' picks? No, yeah, I got I got to go Patriots Vikings, and I'm taking uh, taking New England. I mean, I already told you I was picking the Eagles over the Vikings, so I'm gonna go uh, the Pats and the Eagles, I guess. For sure. But Pats gonna win. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to pick against Tom right now. I think that he he's, he's crazy. He's definitely the MVP in my opinion this year, and if someone else yeah, wins it, it's kind of sure. ridiculous because his stat book is just better than anybody else's again, and he's like 40 years old. He's a fine wine. <laughs> He's not. He he is. 
He's just on a different level. That's a good. That's a good <laughs> I like that. He's just on a different level than everybody else in the it, NFL. It's insane. I mean, seriously, he became the oldest quarterback to ever win a playoff game last week of the win, and it's just like, when do the achievements stop piling up? Like, when when do when do the haters that like have to hate on the guy? And I, I mean, I feel like it's less and less every year because he just simply gains more respect by winning these games. Like, like I, I personally respect LeBron James, but. Until he can beat the Warriors again, I feel like he's never going to get the respect he truly deserves. Tom Brady doesn't like, stop. I feel like Tom Brady just keeps winning these games, mm-hmm. and that's why he just keeps getting more people to jump on his side. Because it's like, how can you? I mean, at this point, now he's got one where he officially didn't cheat, and now you know. And I, I don't agree with any of that, anyways. But and then this year, if he were to win it again, does it back to back at this age? Stop, man. Stop telling me he's not the best guy to ever play the game. Now, I, I do think that you know Belichick obviously has a lot to do with it. And that, you know, he has been sort of a, a system quarterback. He's definitely played well in that system. But I still think he could have been great anywhere else he went at any point. But I definitely think the Patriots are what made him who he is. I don't know if you guys think any differently. No, I mean, I oh, no. I, I agree. He's he's something special. He's on a different level, like I said. That's why I think they're winning the Super Bowl. For sure. Because, I mean, some people, they definitely disagree with it and say that, you know, it could be more – it's more just Bill Belichick, and it's not no. as much Tom Brady. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that way. I think they both complement each other very well. But that's where I'm looking at it. But what we just what I just kind of brought up with because uh, you know we're talking about the greats, um, the Warriors and the Cavs. I mean, these two teams have obviously been doing it for the past couple of years here. They're the, they're the teams that everybody wants to watch. I don't like the NBA that much personally. I'm not the hugest fan of the NBA, but when I see these two teams on the TV, I always want to watch. Doesn't matter because it's just entertaining. Um, and again, last night the Warriors ended up getting the job done. They they beat the Cavs. That's not even so much what I want to talk about right now. I think what I want to talk about more is is you know, I mean Cleveland's got a twenty six and seventeen record. That's that's nothing to really like boast about. Yeah, to brag about right yeah. now, especially some of the talent on that team. And obviously they've had some issues and everything, you know. And then Golden State, yeah, thirty six and nine. They've dealt with injuries and stuff this year. Are these for sure the two teams in the finals this year? I I mean I'm I gonna think go it's ahead and way say way more yes. intriguing this year. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I think the Cavs, I mean, yeah, you said they've had, I mean, their record isn't really anything to boast about. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they've worked a lot of new guys into this lineup, and they still they just got Isaiah Thomas back. And Very I true. think when they all mesh together, I think I think they're going to be crazy good. Yeah, so. they got a lot of new guys back, but it just doesn't work. But it, it'll take some time. And it's not, that, I, I mean, it's not even the all-star break yet. Got an argument over there? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think, it, I, don't, I don't think it works. I don't think Dwayne Wade's that good. Oh. Jay Crowder hasn't been shooting well. <laughs> oh, J.R. Smith good. hasn't been shooting well. I'm going to come across this table. <laughs> okay. Derrick Rose is – where's Derrick Rose? He's always hurt, okay? We can just forget about him. I'm, I'm just saying. I just don't think but, they're uh, – But you had to give him time. Isaiah Thomas just came back. I think me and our producer Grant need to, like, step out here for a little bit. I guess going back to Cavs Warriors just real quick, I mean – the, the first thing to, to note is <laughs> is the Cavs, they do not scare the Warriors anymore. I mean, this Warriors team, they're 7-2 and two against the Cavs since getting Kevin Durant. They're on a higher level. Cavs don't even match up well with the Warriors. And like, like, like you, I mean, you can't, there's not a weak spot on the Warriors. You can't, you can't beat them. It's not going to happen. It's not. And I, I would go with, I would go with Boston <laughs> over Cleveland oh, as, far as, as, as far as, as far as an Eastern something? Conference champion. All right, I don't think so. Oh, for sure. No. Why is that? I I just think in a seven game series when the Cavs get meshed out like all meshed and they they're playing good, I don't think that the Celtics will be able to 
take down the Cavs. In I can't agree with that series. because I think that the Cavaliers come on more when the playoffs start. I think they're definitely a better team like they're as just, the playoffs come around. LeBron has a get better. Exactly. He knows what he's doing. I, he, I don't doubt LeBron James. He gets think, even better. So. I think he knows he's getting better in the playoffs, but I do 100% agree with you. Said, well, you said they do not match up with Golden State. Just on, on paper and on like on the court, simply. I don't think that mm-hmm. they have the same ability that Golden State has, which is what just makes it so hard. I mean, a guy like Isaiah Thomas, yeah, he's, he's a good player, but... But he's 5'9". Yeah, who's he going to guard <laughs> on that team? Who's he going to actually stop? Like, consistently, when Curry isn't injured, who's he going to stop? I mean, Nobody. Like, who are you going to put him yeah. out there in the floor? You got Draymond Green, Dur- Durant, Thompson, all of them, the the, the big four, whatever you want to call and, them. And, I mean, maybe they're going to they're gonna make some moves. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about it. They've been yeah. talking about making some moves. But here's my thing. You know, Cavs are 3-9 and nine since December 19th. And the question for me is really when do they turn things around and prove that they're a team that I can say, okay, yeah, they're going to go to the finals. Mm-hmm. When, when, when is that going to happen? I think we're, we're going to know a lot more after the All-Star break. I think they still got a lot of work to do before then, and then after that, then it's going to be start getting pretty serious. I think how they start out of the All-Star break would definitely say a lot about it, too. I think at some point you got to start winning more games if you're Cleveland, and you have to start proving that you actually can be that team because, shoot, at some point, you don't want to give another team enough confidence that they can beat you because you give someone confidence, I know like how much that can... Momentum. Yeah, it can, you know it can, how it works really, it can really shift things on you. So. And maybe they need the All-Star break to just figure them figure it out. You know, yeah. get a little break in there. and Call then... a team meeting. How do we beat Boston? Yeah. Sometimes it can <laughs> change things. I can say that last season for baseball, for one to, like, put into it, the Cubs, they were doing very bad going to the All-Star break. They turned it on towards the uh, – at right after the All-Star break and kind of made themselves better going into the playoffs. That's, like, kind of the same thing that you would want to see out of this Cleveland team right now, a team that everyone knows has been good for the past couple of years, but they need to do something here in the regular season to prove that they can be that seed. Plus, you want to just get yourself to be a higher seed. You don't want to be a lower mm-hmm. seed. You don't want to have to play a tougher team. So – I mean, eventually you might get to it, anyways. But so let's let's just say both these teams do make it, you know, to the to the NBA Finals. Cavs Warriors, another rematch. Mm-hmm. Who who would you guys go with? I'm Warriors, always, right? I'm always gonna go with the Cavs. <laughs> I I always gotta go with my heart. But right now, I mean, I I can say right now. If you're if you're putting money down, if you're putting money down, if you if you're putting money down, I always put money down. <laughs> I lost two <laughs> I lost two hundred dollars last year. I'll put money down. Sounds like everyone right needs to make a bet. I'll make a bet with you. Right? Right now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't give up, I don't give up on my team. I'm not going to make a bet team. on that. But I, I, think that <laughs> I definitely think that they can still make it a series. I think LeBron James can make it a series with anybody. But I think that Golden State is just too much right now. I think it's just too hard. And right, now, sure. right now they are. I'll say that. Okay. That's what I'll say. Well, I'm interested to follow this towards <laughs> the end of the season. What are the, what are the Cavs going to do? Get DeAndre Jordan? Is he going to be the difference maker? <laughs> Did you hear uh, Eldridge wants out? He says he doesn't think that... Popovich wants him. So I think that'd be huge. Could be. him. It's a lot be. of money. I mean, they whatever, they do whatever LeBron says in Cleveland. If they can keep him happy and somehow keep him there after the season, they'll do anything that it takes. They're going to have to get somebody because they're just not yeah. as good of a team as they, they need do, to be I right mean, now. I mean, they just need, they need their defense for sure. They need to pick it up. We'll see what happens. We'll keep following it. But now we're going to wrap the show up here with our stud and dud of the podcast. Evan, how about you start the stud, bud? I like that. Good rhyme, huh? I'm pretty good at it. You're a lyrical genius. Yep, they Um, call me Slim Shady sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, so we don't really talk about hockey that much, so I kind of dug into the hockey stats and found Calgary Flames left wing Johnny Gaudreau. He had two goals, seven assists in five games. Both goals were game winners. He had a plus minus of plus six, so it was just a really good week for him all around. And that's kind of my stud, bringing in a little bit of hockey. 
My stud is uh, going to be Diggs. Obviously, he made that crazy catch, um, was able to stay in bounds, and going for the touchdown and won the game. What so. about the celebration after that, though? Yes. The helmet toss. Oh, my toss. gosh. Okay, I could have killed somebody. Pretty, that was pretty That's good. That's what I was saying. I was like, what the? <laughs> it reminded me of the the Jose Bautista personally like the bat flip. Yeah. I personally like the freeze tag. It was a little more, more dangerous, I think. Oh. You see mm-hmm. that with, uh, with uh, Keenum and whoever else. I love that. I'm That's telling you, I, I hope they let college kids go all out. Oh, my gosh. I hope gosh, they change the rule. so funny if in college football they let Kids these days, you know Can how we you are. Can you imagine some of the celebrations? <laughs> I mean, obviously if they were like blatantly bad, you'd have to throw a flag. But there'd, there'd be some really, really funny celebrations. Oh, it'd be good. Man. It'd be good stuff. Um, my stud is going to be John Beeline, but it's not for the reason that most people are probably thinking it. It's for one specific play that he called, and that's last night. Um, when Michigan, you know, Simpson, as we talked about earlier, missed those two free throws. And then, uh, you know, Maryland comes down, hits a three. I, I think I see this every single season where Michigan gets something bad against them in the last couple of seconds. And then... He draws up a play to be able to get, you know, Matthews to kind of fend off the defenders and get Rockman an open lane, cutting the hole, gets it to him, gets fouled, and makes both free throws and wins the game. Yeah, Rockman obviously had to have the ice in his veins to be able to make those shots, and that was very impressive. But I think the play that Beeline drew up just shows how good he really is as a coach on the sideline. When he comes out of timeouts, I'm confident that team is going to score every single time. Just real quick, I don't want to take too much time, but do you think that if Charles Matthews has the ball in his hand in that position, he pulls up? Probably for a jump shot, mm-hmm. yes. I think he definitely stops, and, no, and that, that's Bingo. right. You're using your personnel, and I, I think that he is definitely the right. I, I would, I would want Abdul Rahman to have the ball if I'm at Michigan, probably at the end of the game most times. If mm-hmm. not Wagner, but probably yeah. Rahman because he Rahman can shoot and he can slash. Those are yeah. the two things you want, and I think that Matthews can do that. But sometimes he's a little hesitant on his moves right now, and he can still tell he's trying to work out the kinks from not playing for a couple seasons. So I definitely, I like that point too. Elena, you're done. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Marcus Williams, uh, the safety for the Saints. That. He, I don't. We don't really. I don't really know what he was trying to do, but I think he was trying to take out uh, Diggs' legs. But he, all he really needed to do is wrap him up, and uh, the game was over. But didn't True. get it. Yeah, done. That, was a, that was a bad <laughs> play. So as far as me um, with my dud, so Los Angeles Clippers played the Houston Rockets, and Clippers won 113 to 102. But that's really not what the what the game was all about. So the Clippers gave Chris Paul a nice, you know, tribute video for him returning and, and all that kind of stuff, which was cool. And then Blake Griffin and CP3 kind of got a little physical, and then everybody started talking trash. And then the Rockets <laughs> coach dropped some f bombs, <laughs> and Blake Griffin and Trevor Reza they got ejected at the end of the game. There was, I don't know, like 18 seconds left or something like that, and they got ejected. And then, and then there was a locker room invasion. I don't know if you guys heard about it at all, I didn't but hear about but the, it happened real late. Uh, so not many people really heard about it until the morning, but the police were called and all and all that kind of stuff. So Chris Paul led James Harden and Trevor Ariza through a secret hallway in the Clippers locker room and asked for Blake Griffin and Austin Rivers. And Austin Rivers is not playing, but he was um, you know dressed in suit and tie and all that kind of stuff on the bench. And they they were asking for him. And Clint Capella, who's a, a center for the Rockets, he went in banging on the front door, and the door opened up, and they just looked at him and shut the door in his face. And then apparently there was a police escort, and they took the Rockets to the airport, and that was it. But CP3, knowing his old uh Maybe they his were old trying land. to make peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> knowing his old land. Oh, my gosh. But that was it was just weird. Yeah. Like a, who, who, a locker is, room invasion. That's weird. Different. I know. I wouldn't expect that. And, of course, football. nobody was really going to fight because it's the NBA. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's... I feel We're a few years past the fighting days in the NBA. Yeah, unfortunately. I like those days a lot. I know. But, um, all right, so I guess my uh, my dud is the Steelers. I'm going back to them. 
Um, I know that Antonio Brown wasn't all the way healthy and they had some other issues, but nevertheless, you can't lose to a team like Jacksonville that doesn't have that much playoff experience when you're a team like that and you're expected to win. I'm also very upset because I just like watching the Patriots and Steelers play in the AFC Championship every single season, so I'm very disappointed that game won't be happening this weekend because Tom Brady's probably going to roll over Jacksonville. So it also hurt me, not just everybody else. I think a lot of Chippewas are disappointed right now in their uh, beloved Antonio Brown getting the job done. But like that, I can I can tell you, Ron Mar- Ron Marmorelli, my uh, my old professor, he's probably not the happiest right now. He uh, he loved the Steelers. So, nevertheless, that's a dumb performance. You got to win in your home field in the playoffs. So that'll do it for us this week. Um, we will be back next week to talk more to you guys. But thanks for listening. <laughs>